We are still discussing faith and discipline. And uh, this is our artwork for the year. It looks like this. And uh, we, we discussed during the first part of the year the disciplines of our faith, what it means to do the things that God has provided for in our lives that are intended and meant to grow us in our faith, to spend time with God, to spend time in the Word of God, to, to, to spend time in prayer, to spend time uh, telling others about Jesus, to spend time doing service in missions and serving and spend time doing service within the body of Christ. You see, these are the things that God has provided for and, and given us uh, the, the, the power to engage in as his children, as his followers. And so, so we've been talking about our faith and we looked at Ecclesiastes and, uh, and how not to do it. Uh, and now we're looking at Romans and, and, and what God has given us in Romans regarding um, our faith and, and what our faith is. And I shared with you as we began Romans that, that Romans is so complex, in my opinion, it's a very uh, intense kind of, of book, and Paul does a really good job layering and layering and layering uh, theology and and really the the depth of of what God has actually done on our behalf. Okay. Um, and so, as we look at this passage today, it's a shorter passage than we've been doing, but I, 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 I sort of felt led to this particularly because verse 30, chapter 9, verse 30, we're still dealing with the themes. I mean, we started with the idea that there's good news. That's the gospel. Uh, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so when we see that, we understand that God has done something, a powerful thing on our behalf. Then there's bad news because huh, sin is sin. And, and we should really, uh, in everything that we do, we should see sin the way God sees sin. God hates sin, okay? God, God doesn't soft pedal sin. God doesn't, oh, that's, you know, some sort of little white lie kind of idea, that sort of thing. No, sin's sin, all right? And God doesn't like it. Matter of fact, I think I said that Sunday, God hates sin. Uh, and then we talked about avoiding bad news, and we talked about our righteousness by justification. And, and, and so throughout the book of Romans, we see the theme uh, coming back every time. It's all based on the gospel, the good news. Romans 9, verses 30 to 33 says this. What should we say then? Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness, namely the righteousness that comes from faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not achieved the righteousness of the law. Why is that? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as if it were by works, they stumbled over the stumbling stone as it is written. Look, I'm putting a stone in Zion to stumble over and a rock to trip over and the one who believes on him will not be put to shame. Pray with me. Arthur. Father, I thank you. I thank you that God, you are... Uh, at work and that God you have been at work and God that you continue to to mold and shape and refine us your people that we might be that that reflection and representation of who you are God that as Jesus 
showed us and lived for us this this perfection and this righteousness that God that's that's our goal and yet God we know that we are subject to this fall and this this brokenness and so God continue to shape and mold and refine us into the image of your son Jesus but but God help us to as we said last week have the mindset of righteousness that we would set our minds on righteousness god help us to understand a little deeper today what it is that you want for us to understand we ask it in jesus name amen Uh, i didn't give this to michael in the booth so i'm going to turn to it and uh we'll read a story to you it was funny I, i thought of it this week and and i didn't put it in the notes that i forwarded to them uh in Matthew chapter 15, there's this little account of Jesus moving, you know, from place to place and, and he's teaching kingdom because that's what he preached. He preached the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven. And uh, he, he says this, he says, uh, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the, and this is uh, Matthew 15, verse 21. He says, uh, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, just then... So as he was withdrawing to go to Tyre and Sidon, just then a Canaanite woman from the region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. So, so get the picture. I mean, I, I mean, I want us to understand the little story a little bit because this is this is a, this is a I believe a historical account of Jesus's ministry that that uh, God is giving us by inspiration through the writing of Matthew. This this picture of an event that took place in Jesus' life, and as Jesus is walking and going and moving about the region, he's on his way to a coastal area of Tyre and Sidon, and it says there that a Canaanite woman. This was a a a a, a um, call it native of the land kind of speak one of the people that the jews had 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 been uh purposed by god to cast out and 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 to do away with and and this canaanite woman comes to jesus and 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 she says have mercy on me lord she calls jesus lord and then she acknowledges him to be the son of david this is this is a a messianic reference right here this Canaanite woman is acknowledging Jesus as, as Lord and, and as the son of David. <clears throat> Sorry, technology. Right? My mic was about to choke me. All right. Sorry about that. All right, here you go. So here's this Canaanite woman. Now, she's not supposed to do this, y'all. This is not normal. Uh, the Jews and the Canaanites, they, they're not friendly to each other. Right? We, guess what? We see it today. All right. Anyway, um, keep the newspaper out of the, out of the message, Bobby. But the point being that, that there, there's this, this, this strife and animosity between the people that are the, the, the Gentiles and, and, and those, those, the, the residents of the land that at this time referred to as Canaanites. And she cries out to him in an acknowledgement of who he is and with a need. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. And Jesus did not say a word to her. It's like, can you imagine? Listen to what it says, though. It says, uh, she kept crying out. So imagine Jesus and his disciples strolling along, you know, dusty roads. And this woman's going, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is, is tormented by a demon. 
Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter's tormented by a demon. Just ignoring her, right? That's not like Jesus. Listen to what happens, though. His disciples approached him and urged him, send her away because she's crying out after us. This this is a really interesting little picture here, y'all. I want you to get the sort of the full measure of this before I get into the points of the message. He didn't talk to her. He's talking to his disciples. Who is he teaching? He's teaching his disciples. He's showing them something that they need to remember in the future, right? He replied, I was, I, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So who is he talking to? His disciples said to him, send her away because she's crying after us. Jesus replies to them, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What he's saying is, is no, I'm, I'm not even acknowledging her because I was sent to our people. Right? Is that, is that the final word? Is Jesus goes like, no, y'all just ignore her. Just don't pay attention to that woman. Right? Is that what Jesus is saying? No, listen to what happens next. She came, knelt before him, and said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Wow. Now he's speaking to her. He says, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. All right, there's a whole lot there. Okay? Uh, The the rather humorous, loving side of me, who tends to be a little sarcastic, would tell you right now that Jesus just called this lady a dog. (laughs) Right? I mean, Jesus is going, hey, look, I'm not... Can't bring the food that God provided for his people to to the dogs, right? But you got to notice, they know who they are. They know the cultural animosity and the differences there. They know that each other's people, what they think of each other's people. And so Jesus is taking it all in context. He's taking it all for meaning to to teach his followers something. And if he's teaching his his followers, these disciples something, then guess what, y'all? He's teaching us something. He's showing us something. And there's a reason why I'm doing this apart from what the, the text of today is. The woman says back to him, Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Right? Do you think she was teaching Jesus something? Now, see, God had all of a sudden incorporated this woman into a lesson for Jesus' disciples to realize who Jesus is for. Why is Jesus here? Why is Jesus here this morning? Right? Jesus replied to her, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. Wow. What a story, y'all. What an account. What, What incredible faith this woman had. 
It, it, it's, oh, I look at that story. I remember, um, I can't remember the guy's name. He, we were at a missions conference when he preached on this, this particular story. And he was, it was actually in the context of the humor of Jesus. And, and that phrase in there said, you know, he said, I can't give the food of the children to the dogs. And he, and, and, and he, he used this little phrase. He said, and at the moment he said that, he said, um, possibly the woman noticed the twinkle in Jesus's eye that, yes, he was going to use this situation to teach, to show, right? Paul's trying to do the same thing with us. Verse 30 says, what should we say then? I mean, this is, this is coming after we've just spent the last three, five, six, seven, eight, four chapters dealing with these topics of righteousness and justification and, and what it means. This, this, we have been given, made righteous by justification through faith. So here's the question. What do you believe? I mean, if you ask this woman what she believes, woman, what do you believe? I believe that this is the Lord, the Messiah, the son of David, the one who was promised. How I, I mean, I'm thinking about a Canaanite woman. How does she even become aware of that? How, how has she been taught somewhere along the way that a Messiah is coming, the Christ is coming, and you need to be looking for him, and you need to be waiting for him, and you need to be eager to grab hold of him when you come in contact with him. And as he's making his way, which seems pretty random, he left one place to go to another place, and he's moving through the land. And she comes up, and she starts screaming and screaming and screaming, and the disciples are going, Jesus, just forgive me. I know the kids. Be, tell her to be quiet. He goes, Nah, I only came for our people. Don't worry about it. And then she falls at his feet and just says, Lord, help me. Jesus says, okay, ultimately, the dog statement is for the disciples. You know why? Because they think they're better than everybody else. They think we're God's chosen. They think Jesus is for us, not for everybody else. Folks, how many times do we sit in nice pointed buildings like this thinking that we're better than everybody else? when the world around us is simply saying, Lord, help me. Help me. Paul writes to us, he says, what should we say then? Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, the Canaanites, they were not pursuing the righteousness of the law. They weren't following the, the Jewish legal uh, system. But Paul says, he says, the Gentiles who didn't pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness, namely the righteousness that comes by faith. This woman in Matthew had faith. And she received the blessing of Jesus. See, she trusted him. And I looked at that and I was like, wow. You know what? He goes on to say this, and this is, this is a difficult thing, but Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not achieved the righteousness of the law. Why is that? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were by works. This is, this is, this is big stuff for us, y'all. 
See, I have this conversation periodically. I've told y'all before. I uh, once was I was manning bounce houses over at the community center one time. You know, we have we have two bounce houses, so I'd set one up for some kind of festival over there, and and I'm I'm the one. And this was back in the day when there wasn't a whole wasn't as much help as we got now. And so I'm standing there watching little kids bounce, making sure they don't kill each other. And this mom's standing there, and I, I said to her, I said, you got kids in there? And she said, yeah, that. And she points them out to me. You know, these are my kids right here. And I said, well, I hope they're having a good Oh, they're having a blast. You know, we're having a big time. Da, 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 da. So I'm standing there. I said, well, very good. And she says, um, uh, I asked her, I said, are you from the area? Yes, you know, my husband's in the Marine Corps. Pretty typical answer around here. Uh, and and she said, and, and and I said, well, good. I said, um, well, um, have you ever, have y'all found a place to worship? We found a place to, to enjoy, you know, worship and fellowship and stuff like that. You'll notice I didn't ask her where she went to church, okay? I just asked her where did she find a place to worship. She said, well, you know, I grew up Baptist and da-da-da-da. And I went, oh, I, I think I know. I think I know. <clears throat> By that time, her husband walked up because there's some man talking to his wife. So this, this this husband walks up and he she introduces him. She says, this is Bobby. He's the pastor over at the gathering over on the island like that. And I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, I said, man, love it that your kids are enjoying the bounce house and all that sort of thing. I said, I was just asking your wife if y'all had found a place to worship. And this is what he said. And I loved it. I mean, it just cracked me up. He said, well, I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> and I went, well, hey, that's okay, because I'm a recovering Baptist. <laughs> See, I don't want to miss the point here, y'all. I don't want to miss what Jesus is saying. I don't, miss, I don't want to miss what God's saying in this text. There is nothing that you and I have done to accomplish righteousness. Nothing. You can't earn it. You can't work it out. You can't karma it. That's the big thing now. Get get all my karmic credits in in case I do something bad. <clears throat> See, what Paul is pointing out in this summation, because this is what he says, what should we say then? After all has been said and done in the last four chapters about justification and about righteousness and about who we are in Christ and what our identity is, the, the Gentiles were not trying to pursue any kind of righteousness but they got righteousness because they believed but the Jews who were trying to accomplish righteousness on their own by being perfect didn't get righteousness because they thought they could earn it see wow I like that I've told you, I've got lots of letters after my name, right? I've got a, got a BA, and I've got an MDiv, and I've got an OCD, and I've got an ADD, and I've got an ADHD, and I've got them all. But I want to paint a picture for you, okay? I admit that I have a short-term attention span. But I'll be honest with you, at 60 years old and after 40 years in ministry, I count that as a credit. And here's why. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything that God's doing around me. If I'm thinking about this and God flips a switch over there, man, I'm going to jump over there on that one. And if I'm over here paying attention over here and God shines a light over there, whoo, I saw that, God. I, I want to pay attention to that. 
I don't want to miss anything that God's doing in or around me or, or that can have an impact on who I am. And the disciples are walking along going, Jesus, just tell the woman to be quiet. And Jesus says, no, you need to see this. You need to see that the gospel, the good news, the righteousness by faith is for all the world. And you're, covering Baptists in the room, you're not special. It's for everybody. Don't miss it. Don't miss what God's doing. And then, and then he goes on to say, he says, um, why is it? Why did Israel miss it? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were by works, they stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, look, I'm putting a stone in Zion to stumble over, a rock to trip over. And the one who believes on him. See, Jesus, I mean, a lot of translations say cornerstone, which we're comfortable with the word cornerstone because we understand what the cornerstone of a building. If you don't set the cornerstone right, the building's flawed. Okay? The cornerstone. And God is letting us know right there, I set it in place for a purpose. It's, it's a faith cornerstone that was established before Jesus even made the scene. Adam, Abraham, not Adam, Abraham was justified not by his obedience or good works. He was justified by faith. Noah was justified by faith. And then when Jesus came along, because God's people, the Hebrew people, had established such a system such a construct of religiosity. They don't call them church there. I would have said churchianity. They had built such a construct that was bondage for God's people that they missed it and they stumbled over the hope. They stumbled over the righteousness. They stumbled over the gospel, the good news that Jesus brought to us. Folks, don't miss that. If you're here this morning and, and, and your faith feels like a weight, feels like some kind of bondage, feels like some sort of obligation. You know, I, I've said before, because I probably stole it from some other preacher. You know, it's not I got to go to church, it's I get to go to church. I have this incredible opportunity to go hang out with God's people and praise God and, and get into the Word of God and shake hands and hug necks and, and, and smile at people, right? Oh, yesterday I ran. I, I don't run much anymore and I haven't run in a month, but yesterday I went for a run and I'm on the beach and, I, and, and, and Rocky Godwin, who's got 50 South Surshot down there, I'm running along, right? He told me one time, he said, Bobby, he said, I don't understand it. I hate running. I went, okay, I hate surfing. No, I'm just kidding. He said, I hate running. <laughs> he said, but every runner I see is like when they're running, they're all smiling. And I said, well, that's because we're breathing like this. <laughs> like that, <laughs> right? But I'm on the beach now. We're, we're on the beach. There's no finer place in the world to run. 
So I'm running on the beach, and, and there's someone running at me. And, I, and as we're approaching one another, I'm grinning. And, I, and the guy right, I said, good morning. <laughs> I've said this before. Look, we are blessed. And if you're not, let's stop and talk about it. Because the good news is for everybody. And God has entrusted it to us to share, to give away. You see that? Oh, man. I'm not ashamed of the good news. Don't be ashamed of the good news. I, I, I just, I love the mental picture of Jesus strolling along some dusty pathway. Wasn't like they had paved roads with curbs and sidewalks. And, and, and his disciples, and probably more than 12, I'll go ahead and tell you, people were following Jesus around. And so he's got a crowd following him, and all of a sudden some woman off to the side starts screaming, and they're going, just tell her to be quiet. And Jesus says, but that's not why I'm here. I came for people like her too. See? Don't miss what God's doing around you. I just look at it. Um, I'm going to tell this story. I hope mom and dad are still watching. We went to, to, to the bank in Belton, South Carolina one day, right? And uh, there was a couple, uh, African-American couple, that were making their way from their car into the bank. And, and I had parked mom in the handicapped space, mom and dad, because they had to sign some paperwork. And they bring it out to the car for you. You know, that's, if you've got a handicap tag, they'll do amazing things for you. So I like driving mom's car. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so they bring the paperwork out for mom to sign in the car. And, and as I, we finish signing the paperwork, and I'm going around the back of the car, and this, this couple are coming from their car to go into the bank, and she's carrying one of these heart-shaped pillows. You ever seen those big heart-shaped pillows? All right, so I knew that from, from the cardiac hospital down in, in Columbia, South Carolina, that that, that means she had just had open-heart surgery. Because that's that hugger pillow. They give them right after they've had open heart surgery and crack their ribs open. And they tell you, we're going to give you this heart. Did they give you one? Yes, yeah, Scott had one. You still have it? Okay, good. So, 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 so they give it to you so that, so that when you feel like you're about to cough so that it, you can reduce the pain and maybe not re-injure yourself. They tell you to hug that heart pillow really tight <coughs> when you cough. So I knew that this lady had just had heart surgery. And so as I was making my way around the car, they were coming up the sidewalk right there. I said, hey, I said, how are you guys doing today? And, and they spoke and they said, well, we're, we're doing pretty good. I said, look, I said, I know you just had heart surgery. And she said, yeah. I said, can I pray with y'all? Folks, don't miss what God's doing around you. Pay attention to every opportunity. Jesus never missed an opportunity, y'all. He never did. I don't think He wants us to miss it either. Okay? Israel missed an opportunity with the Messiah. See, don't miss it. If you don't know Jesus this morning, we want you to know Him. We want to tell you about Him. We want to introduce you to Him. We want you to enjoy all the things that He's doing in and around us. Okay? We're going to sing a song.
It's going to be the closing, so to speak. But guess what? You can stay for the next hour too if you want to. But we're going to sing. And if, if God lays it upon your heart to make some decision, maybe you don't know Jesus and you want to. We can introduce you to Him. I'd love to sit down and tell you what God's done for you because He loves you. Maybe you're a Christian and 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 you got blinders on. Not necessarily sin of the world, but you just you, you realize you're not paying attention to what God's doing around you. Maybe you want to be a part of the gathering. We've got lots and lots of folks who want to be a part of what God's doing, and so I would invite you if you want to. But the biggest thing is is that you answer God. God always gives us opportunity. Make sure you respond to Him. Let's pray. God, thank you for today and, and what you're doing and what you're accomplishing. And God, the things that Paul writes to us that are just layer upon layer of what you have done for us, for on our behalf that you've accomplished, that, that God, we can have, that we do have by faith, by trusting everything that we are in the name of Jesus. God, help us to speak Jesus. <laughs> thank you for the morning and thank you for the word. Pray, God, that we'd pay attention <laughs> and that we would surrender, that we'd obey. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.